0: I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. I used to shy away from conflict, but over the years, I've become more willing to face and address it head on as I've learned strategies for productive resolution. Open and positive conflict resolution in a family is crucial. It helps build strong relationships, equips individuals with essential life skills, and creates a positive family environment for healthy interactions within and beyond the family. Today's guest is Donna Jones, a national speaker, church planter, pastor's wife, and self-described Bible explainer, who has spoken in 26 states and on four continents. Donna is passionate about equipping others to know, love, and follow God in their real everyday lives. Her latest book, Healthy Conflict, Peaceful Life, equips readers to communicate thoughts, feelings, and opinions with grace, truth, and zero regret. I sure do like the sound of that. In our conversation, we talked about common mistakes people make during conflicts the role self-awareness plays in conflict resolution, and the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I'm excited for you to learn and apply these practical steps that Donna shares. Welcome, Donna. I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. I am so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known
1: for? Okay, I love this question, actually. I would say... Our family is fun. That's, we just are a fun family that laughs a lot. We're encouraging most for the most part. I would say we would be known for being an encouraging bunch. And we are perpetually running late. So (laughs) those are our three things.
0: Hey, at least people know that. Like I have a friend who I'm seriously considering, like just giving her. The time, 15 minutes before we actually need her here. Because <laughs> there's been a it's, couple of times where I'm literally like, she'll be late. She'll be, she'll be late. She'll be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're not like bad. I mean, yeah, like, you know, yeah, five no, minutes, but it's me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all me. I'm, I'm the culprit. So yeah. Oh, I'm
0: the- terrible at like thinking I have way more time than I really do, or that something <laughs> is going to take less time than it actually does. And then totally. I get myself into a pinch for sure.
1: Totally. Yeah, but you're fun. That's a good thing to be known for. Yeah, and encouraging. So, yep. so when we finally get there, yeah, <laughs> fun and encouraging, and we love Jesus. And
0: then you'll forget. You'll forget we were late. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. All right. So, I'm excited for your new book because I think this is an incredible topic. I've been reading a lot about communication and conflict, more specifically in terms of my marriage, because I feel like in the beginning years of marriage, you're floating, there's a lot of grace you kind of you keep the peace you just go with the flow you're not as triggered and then and then later on as you get older you've been together for a long time you're like mm, we need to talk about some things but then you we we don't necessarily have the practice Um, So I've been learning more about it, even as I'm raising kids who are older, trying to give them the tools they need to fix their own problems and their own conversations with their roommates or their friends. Oh my gosh, there's stuff I need to know. I'm sure there's stuff our listeners need to know. So uh, Healthy Conflict, Peaceful Life, Uh, talk about what inspired you to write the book and yeah, tell us about some more about conflict resolution and why it's so important.
1: Yeah, well, as every one of us know there are three universal truths to conflict. We all have it. We all hate it. And we all want to know how to handle it in a healthy way. So interestingly, when I was writing the book, I really, I came up with the subtitle before the the title. Mm -hmm. And the subtitle, I, I actually love the subtitle because it's a biblical guide to communicating thoughts, feelings and opinions with grace truth and zero regret and for me that was the kicker because i want to know how to handle conflict so i don't hang my head in shame i go oh my gosh why did i handle it that way and honestly i've handled it in ways that i have regretted and you know in retrospect i look back and i think you know why did i say that why did i do that why was my facial expression that way you know and then it just makes things worse rather than better so my my real driving force was that conflict if there is one thing that really can make or break a family or any relationship really it's how we deal with conflict and we've even seen that, you know, in our country in the last couple of years and how that's just affected us all. So this is, a, this is a big deal. And and God has a lot to say about it. And He wants yeah. us to know how to handle it in a in a right way.
0: Yeah. I, I can I'm sure everyone can agree that we've all left a situation, a conversation, wishing we had said something, either wishing we had spoken up or wishing mm-hmm. we hadn't have said what we already said. And so yep. I can see where that subtitle is really important.
1: I mean that yeah. would catch my attention in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah. And also, you know, conflict like unresolved conflict consumes us. So we we function on the outside, you know, we still drive carpool, we still, you know, call our moms, we still run to Target, we still do all the stuff, but in the back of our minds you know, we're in the shower and we're replaying conversations in our head. We're driving down the road and we're thinking about like what he said, what she said, what we said, what we wish we'd said, you know, all that. And and it's consuming us and it's taking up so much brain space that it's robbing us of our joy and it's robbing us of our healthy relationships. So it's huge. I mean, this whole, this whole deal is really huge.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what are some common mistakes that people make during conflict? I want to talk a little bit about each of them.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, there's a chapter in the book called how we make things worse rather than better. (laughs) And um, I, I, you know, I was like, where's the list? Somebody tell me the list and there is no list. So I made one. And one of the things, and this, this is very common is exaggeration. So it's when we say things like, well, you always, or, you know, you you, you never listen or you never help me around the house or you're always so demanding or you, you always resort to nagging or, you know, it's the always or never thing. And the problem of course, with that is that you start sparring over the always and never. It's like, well, no, I don't remember that one time that, and then you're not actually dealing with the real issue That's causing the problem. So it's, it's like, it's, it just perpetuates an unhealthy scenario and it, it's not, it doesn't help us resolve the conflict at all. We get off topic. So those always and nevers, I think are things that we just absolutely need to ditch.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that I try to do. And me and my husband, when we have conflict, we are aware. We still do it, even though we uh-huh. know better. And then yeah. we're always like, it's never, always, or never. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And that's that's one I think most people have heard or most yeah. people know. But we still um, do it. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to. And one of them I think that is less known or less thought of is being dismissive. And this happens when we say things like, oh, for heaven's sakes, like get over it. Or it's not that big of a deal. Or like, are you such a drama queen? Or, you know, it's not that bad. Or we just kind of again, really, again, you know, we say things like that, or we roll our eyes. That's all saying, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'm, I, I am underplaying your emotional response, your communication of what you feel like is wrong. And what ends up happening then is the other person feels, dis- they feel di- not only dismissed, they feel devalued, they feel disrespected, they feel disregarded. And that is a really, really short walk from disrespect and being disregarded to the destruction of a relationship. So when we are dismissive of other people's feelings, opinions, needs, it's really a dangerous one. And one of the things, this sort of piggybacks into another part of the book, and for me personally, this part of the book is the most eye-opening and the most revolutionary, and it's where uh, we discuss the importance of listening in conflict, because what ends up happening is, of course, when we are in conflict, we want to get our point across, right? We want the other person to understand us. We want the other person to understand our perspective, see our way, you know, that's what we want. And, but the other person wants the same thing, right? So we end up talking over each other rather than talking to each other. And so we don't really listen. And what ends up happening is when we are in conflict with someone either when they have really strong emotions or when we have really strong emotions. If we don't listen, then conflict always does one of two things. It escalates or it ends. And so in in, in the mind, let's say of our child or our spouse, they're expressing to us something that they're upset with, they're hurt by, they're frustrated with, they're You know, you fill in the blank. When we are dismissive of it, when we don't listen and we say, you know, we say, oh, for heaven's sakes, get over it, or I don't have time for this right now, or, you know, all those things, then in their minds, subconsciously, they think, okay, she's not getting it. So I need to ramp it up a little bit. And so that's when voices get louder. That's when gestures get bigger. That's when exaggeration comes in, you know, because it it, it's like, well, surely if I ramp it up a little bit, then she'll get it. Then she'll start listening to what I'm really trying to say to her. So it escalates or it ends, or it escalates and then it ends. So then that's when you hear people, you know, just say, okay, forget it. You just you just don't get it. Forget it. Or this conversation is over, or they slam the doors and they walk out. You you'll never understand. You know, all of those things that we say, if you back them up and you trace them back to like what was going on that got us to the place where there was an escalation or there was an ending, you trace it back, and it always is because somebody didn't listen to understand. Because at the you know, end of the day, when we're expressing frustration, disappointment, anger, hurt what we really want is for someone to get it for someone to go oh I get why you feel that way I understand why you feel that way and 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 by the way understanding does not equal agreement that's a really important distinction because I think that's why sometimes we don't listen to understand so anyway that that's a huge one I think that's you know if people could understand okay I need to lead with listening it would take probably 75% of our conflicts and make them make them palatable and make them, you know, able to like, okay, let's let's work through this. We we can get through this. We can understand each other. We can resolve this.
0: Yeah. Okay. So two things, two places I want to go with this. So the first is when people are dismissive to me or have been dismissive in the past, I used to have a tendency To think, I don't want to say that I was the problem, meaning that like, it was my fault we were having this argument, but that if I could just be less emotional, more practical, like, well, maybe I, I could be like, like, I took it as there's something wrong with you because you just get over it. Why are you so like, right? Mm -hmm. So what is it in the other person that causes them to not listen shut down respond like what are some of the things that I should consider when somebody's being dismissive of me like how do I understand yes. oh. why they're not getting it and then not to take it on myself right I've learned to be like okay this is your emotional intelligence
1: issue not <laughs> okay, <that laughs> but like is... what do we need to know <laughs> yeah oh gosh that is such a good question I love that you asked that so there's two things that we have to know about conflict and that's when people are in conflict, we go into self-protecting mode. We become defensives, right? So if somebody's not listening or they're being dismissive, they're it's because they're trying to self-protect. It's like if you're mad at me, well, then I need to protect myself because I don't want you to be mad at me. <laughs> that makes me feel bad about me. So I'm going to be dismissive of you, so I don't feel bad about me, right? So that's part of it. We get self-protective. We get defensive. The other thing that we need to know is that at the root of all conflict, it's really a power struggle. So it's, a, it's, it's about whose opinion gets heard, whose feelings gets, get validated, who gets their way, you know, all of those things. It's really, it's not really ever about the issue. That's just the presenting thing. It's really about power. And so this is why it escalates or it ends because it's, it's the way we're escalating. I'm trying to get power, right? I'm trying to get you to do something or we end it. Okay, well, I'm taking control by ending this conversation. So, and, and that's an unhealthy, these are unhealthy ways that we deal with conflict, right? So when it's a power struggle, it's me against you. Okay. I want you to understand my way. My opinions, my viewpoint. But in healthy conflict, people don't verse that they don't see conflict as me versus you. It's me and you against the problem. So it's not me versus you, it's me and you. And that is a huge paradigm shift. If people can get to that place, it's me and you, not me versus you. So does that answer your question a little bit
0: yeah, no that's amazing, so now now instead of two points we're gonna i I have another thing so, <laughs> good. I love it okay, I love it so we have two directions to go with this, so I want you to tell me if someone is being dismissive of me, what kind of language mm-hmm. can I how can I respond yeah so that it, we don't escalate or or end it with no resolution and then if I'm Seeing that dismissive tendency within me, what can then I say? So, like on either side of it, when someone's wow. doing it to us or when we're noticing it within ourselves, what's give us some language and give us some things that we can say.
1: Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So if somebody's being dismissive to you, and this is where, you know, the Bible says speak the truth in love, right? So this is where we have to actually apply what the Bible tells us to do. So this is an honest conversation, but when we have these honest conversations, you know, it's truth. you're being dismissive, but in love. So, and also remembering that people get self-protective and they get defensive, right? So you don't want to say anything that's going to make them more defensive because it's just going to make it worse, not better. So you come to the person by saying something that's validating to them or to your relationship. So let's just say your husband is being dismissive of you. You'd say something like, okay, sweetheart, I love you and I'm on your team, and I'm but I'm trying to, well, don't say but, say and. You know, I love you and I want us to have a great marriage. But in the, well, I guess you would have to say but. I mean, I'm going to be just a realist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just a real girl. I would say but. But I feel like you're being dismissive of what I'm trying to communicate to you right now. And if if you're dismissive of that, we can't work through this so that, you know, we, this this conflict goes away and then you might even follow it up. And and, and I know you don't want to have conflict any more than I want to have conflict. You see what I'm saying? So, so with the, with the front end saying, I love you and I, I don't want us to have conflict. And on the back end, saying something like, I know you don't want to have conflict anymore than I do. Those two phrases are basically saying you and me versus you versus, I mean, as opposed to you versus me, right? But you do have to say, I feel like you're being dismissive of, of me right now. And and maybe even give any, a very specific example, you know, when you're not looking at me in the eye, it, it makes me feel like you don't care about what I'm trying to communicate to you right now. Now, I know you care, but it's making me feel like you don't care. You know, s- saying things like that are often really helpful. Now, yeah, that's when good. we're being dismissive, when we recognize it, it's just, it's so powerful for us to own our stuff and actually verbalize it. Because I think sometimes we own our stuff, but we don't verbalize it to the other person. Mm. But when we verbalize it to the other person, it is so validating to them and it's really unifying. So let's just say our child was trying to tell us something and we're being dismissive because frankly, we're like, oh my gosh, a 14-year-old drama queen again, right? So we're being dismissive. Then we say, okay, sweetheart, you know what? You're trying to tell me something right now. And I can tell this is important to you and I have not been listening to you. So I want to apologize because I recognize that this is important to you and I was being dismissive and I don't want to ever be dismissive to you because I, you're important to me and your feelings are important to me and your thoughts are important to me, you know, and you just, you own it and you validate the person.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's, it's kind of like. <clears throat> I think one of the most powerful things we can do is apologize to our kids yeah. when we've yeah. done things we shouldn't have done. This is a perfect example of like, whoa, I've seen that I'm not handling this properly. Mm-hmm. Let me try again. I don't want to be this way. Let's try to like, let me hear what you have
1: to say. Yeah. And I love that you just said, let me try again. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's a powerful statement too. One of the things I was actually talking with a gal who's a marriage family therapist about this whole um, idea of, you know, conflict. And she came up with a question that I thought, oh, this is really good. She said, if somebody's trying to, you know, express their opinions or thoughts or, you know, whatever, and you feel like you're being dismissive, that you can say, okay, help me. What would you want me to know so that I, can understand your perspective or what would you want me to know so that I really understand your feelings or what would you want me to know so that I really understand your opinions and I think I thought that was a really valuable statement
0: yeah that's excellent you know sometimes when i communicate with my husband specifically i'll i'll say the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. and then i don't if he's dismissive he doesn't allow me to unpack why i'm feeling that way i Obviously didn't process it before I presented it to him in a nice little wrapped up package. (laughs) So Um, that question to me would be super valuable because then I would be like, okay, here's what I think's going on as opposed to being, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) So I think that's an incredible question to use. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. I, I thought it was really good too. So
0: Yeah. So that, I mean, I think we pretty much covered this idea of self-awareness and then taking responsibility. I really think that that is important and, and wrecking, figuring out how to stop and recognize, Hey, I'm contributing to this too, so that you can course correct for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think you just brought up a point that I think is really interesting because sometimes we see that there's, we think, you know, from our perspective, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like just for example, taking your scenario where okay, I feel like my husband's being dismissive, but the other person doesn't feel like there's a problem. They're like, "What do you mean I'm being dismissive? I'm not being dismissive of you, right?" Yeah. yeah. So, and and that's important to understand that sometimes we come at things from different perspectives. We see things a little differently, mm-hmm. and so just because we see it a certain way does not necessarily mean that's actually the way it is from the other person's vantage point. They may see things a little differently. And I think that's really important because we tend to think the way we see it is for sure 100% the right way. (laughs) So, and it, you know, it's not always the case.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. What does that have to do with conflict resolution and how does practicing forgiveness contribute to peacefully resolving things?
1: Yeah, gosh, forgiveness. I mean, you know, as long as there's going to be human beings, there's going to be conflict, right? Mm -hmm. And, and which, by the way, I, I want to say that, you know, the reason most of us hate conflict is because we grew up thinking conflict is bad because we never learned how it can actually turn out good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it can And But we have to know that there's nothing wrong with us if we have conflict, not necessarily. And back to your point that you made earlier, oftentimes when we have conflict, we'll either think something's wrong with me, something's wrong with you, or something's wrong with us. And that's not necessarily the case, right? So there's going to be conflict. It's just part of life. That means there's going to have to be forgiveness because people are going to hurt each other, wrong each other. Um... And so forgiveness, you know, is releasing the debt someone owes to us. And I think we, you know, we all know that. But forgiveness is really hard when we don't understand or, or when we think two faulty things about forgiveness. Number one, that forgiveness means that what the person did to us was no big deal. That's not what forgiveness means. When you think about it. Forgiveness is, is, is necessary because when a, one person offends another person, hurts another person, that's such a big deal that Jesus calls it sin and he actually had to die for it. It's a, so it's a big deal. So forgiveness is not saying what you did to me was no big deal. Number two, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. So forgiveness takes one person, only takes me. But reconciliation takes two. So, reconciliation means there has to be ownership of the wrong. There has to be a repentance. uh, But that doesn't have to be necessary for forgiveness. That can be when I can release somebody from the debt and they don't have to change and I can go about my business and be free. And I really do think, as I said this from the scriptures, you know, Jesus had a lot to say, obviously, about forgiveness. And I think part of the reason is because it sets us free. And if, if we don't forgive, then we are enslaved by what that person did to us literally for years. And then it robs us of our joy, our peace. You know, it, it just, it messes with our minds. It messes with our emotions. It can mess with our bodies. I mean, it's really a big deal. For us not to, you know, for us not to forgive. So it's it's an issue that that Jesus addresses quite a bit. And obviously, we're to forgive because we've been forgiven. So,
0: yeah, it's something that is a continual practice. It's not a one right. and done deal at all, right?
1: And and you know what? One going back to our our question that we were talking about some of the mistakes that we make. One of the biggest mistakes is bringing up the past. Mm. And when we bring up the past in a relationship, that's an indicator that we have not forgiven. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, and here's the reality. If we keep bringing up the past in the present, then it greatly diminishes the hope of that relationship for the future. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's some unforgiveness, that's just, and let me, let me, let me tell you this, because I know some of your listeners might be thinking kind of what I, (laughs) what I, was thinking, you know, at a certain point when just something really, really hurtful happened. And I was just very wronged. I, I was talking to a worship pastor's wife. And I said to her, I know I'm supposed to forgive because Jesus tells me, but I don't know how a fractured person can forgive. I, don't, I, I, know, I know I should. And I want to because I should. I don't know how. And she took me by the shoulders and she looked me in the eye and she just said this so tenderly. She goes, Donna, I want you to listen to me. The very fact that you want to forgive is pleasing to the Lord. And in time, he'll show you how. And when she said that, it was like the the, the chains of unforgiveness started to be loosened a little bit. And I realized like, okay, just the mere act. And if so, if somebody's listening, they're like, I, this whole idea of forgiveness makes me mad. Then I would just say, start there. Start with just pray for the want to. Just say, Lord, I want to simply because you told me I should. And then let God take it from there.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I have to admit, I have a tendency to want to bring up things from the past, especially if it shows a pattern. I'm trying to describe mm, yeah. to you. This is the pattern. I know I'm supposed to let this go, and I think I have let it go. But this isn't the first time. At what
1: point yeah. are we shutting that down? Oh, gosh! You have <laughs> great questions, girl. I love it. Okay, you know why? Because your questions are real life. Mm-hmm. Your questions are are real life, and I actually address this in the book because uh, my husband and I had we had a situation like this, and I call it the the crazy cycle. So. It, I'm going to tell you the story. So in our relationship, my husband, I would tell my husband or ask my husband, Hey, can you fix something sub, such and such around the house? Right. And he would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll get to that. And then he wouldn't do it. And then I would say, Hey, don't forget about, you know, fixing such and such. Oh yeah. Oh no. I, oh, okay. 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 I got it. I got it. And then days would pass and then he wouldn't do it. And then Finally, I would get so frustrated over something that I would just explode. And, you know, and I would just like, I can't believe it. I've asked you 14 times, blah, 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 right? And then he would get off the dime and it would get done. So one day, this little scenario played out. I had asked him to go fix a sprinkler because our lawn was getting brown. He hadn't. I exploded. He went out. And all of a sudden, I realized, like, oh, we are in a cycle. And I realized, I ask. He says he will. He doesn't do it. I nag. He says he will. I explode. It gets done. And I thought, oh, this is our cycle. And what made it really hard is that there was a payoff for me for exploding because it got done, even though there was conflict, right? So I'm having this little you know, aha moment in my brain Mm -hmm. where I'm realizing, oh, we are in this really unhealthy cycle. So he's sitting outside in the grass. I go sit down and I said, can I tell you something that I, I, I think I figured out why we are having conflict over stupid stuff, like unfixed sprinklers. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah. And I explained to him like the cycle and and I said, I don't want to be on this crazy cycle anymore. And he goes, I, I see it too. But then he goes, Donna, I bet there's something that you don't realize about this. And I said, What? He goes, I bet you don't realize when you ask me to do things. And I said, mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? He goes, Because you you ask me to fix things at the end of the day, like when I finally just sat down, turned the TV on, the kids are in bed. And it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just like nine o'clock at night. I just don't want to do it right then. Mm-hmm. So I, that, what ends up happening is that I forget. And then you remind me, but it's not a convenient time for me to do it. So it's not that I don't want to do it. You're just, you're just asking me at inconvenient times. So what that ended up doing is that when we spotted our cycle, it was like, okay, so how can we make this a win for both of us? Mm-hmm. So I'm not nagging or exploding, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we get things done. Yeah, And he, he, you know, we came up with this idea. He's like, okay, just write it all down, put it in a place I could see it and just give me a date when it has to be done. And then that way I can look at it and then I have freedom to decide when I want to do it within the parameters of when this needs to get done. And it was literally a game changer for us. So, you know, sometimes you do have to talk about patterns. Yeah but from a constructive yeah okay again me and you how can we make this a win for both of you and yeah, yeah. also coming from the perspective of like i hate being a nag i hate exploding you probably hate me being a nag and exploding too so see that puts us on the same page see what i'm you see what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that kind of goes back to like the self-awareness, taking responsibility for mm-hmm. the part that you're playing in it. It's not that you were necessarily doing anything wrong. It's just that you guys weren't syncing yeah. up and the timing just wasn't working, but under, taking the time to talk about it, understanding one another, that was a game changer.
1: Yeah, it was a sure. total game changer. And I yeah. could have just easily swept it under the rug and not, you know, not addressed yeah. it, not talked about it, but because you know, I did and we came up with a solution. I mean, it literally saved us years of heartache and pain Mm -hmm. and conflict.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up with this last question, but you're, we're talking about preventing conflict or you're talking, so- So what are some other things that you would suggest when it comes to preempting conflict? I mean, obviously yeah. it's inevitable and the idea is to deal with conflict in a healthy way, but what are some of the things that we can do that can really allow us to be healthy in our relationships before it ever gets to the point where it needs to escalate?
1: Yeah. Cause we all really would want to stop conflict before it starts, mm-hmm. truthfully. And there is one thing that we can do to actually to do this. So I'm going to tell you a story because this uh, paints the picture for how this came into being. So when my husband and I were first married, we had this little nightly routine. We both worked really long hours. We'd come home, we'd get our jammies on, we'd sit on the couch, turn the TV on, watch about 10 minutes of whatever was on the TV, get up and get ourselves a bowl of vanilla ice cream every single night. So one night we'd been married a little over a year We're in our jammies, we're watching TV. My husband gets up, he goes in the kitchen. I know exactly what he's doing. I hear the freezer door open. I hear the clanking of the spoon on the bowl. I hear the whole thing. Back into the to the family room with one bowl of ice cream. And I said to him, Where's my bowl of ice cream? And super innocently he goes, Well, what do you mean your bowl of ice cream? And I said, how, we do this every night. How could you not know I would want a bowl of ice cream? And he said, well, how would I know you wanted a bowl of ice cream unless you told me you wanted a bowl of ice cream, right? And so, I mean, he was sure his logic was airtight. And I wanted to go, newsflash, conflict is not logical, right? It's emotional. So for whatever ridiculous reason, this made me mad. So I go stomping into the kitchen. I'm muttering something under my breath, like, you know, I'm married the most clueless man on earth. He decides he's going to take out the trash. So he takes out the trash. I see him pass the kitchen window. It's summer. The kitchen window's open. He comes back. He sticks his face right up to the window screen. He gets a big smile and he looks at me and he goes, expectation without communication leads to frustration. <laughs> and we both laughed. And I said, did you just make that up? And he goes, yep. Now, The interesting thing is I've actually heard this quoted Mm -hmm. like on social media, but my husband came up with it 37 years ago and it was all about the stupid bowl of ice cream. Yeah. So the point being is that when we get frustrated and when we get triggered nine times out of 10, it is because there was an expectation that we did not communicate. So, and here's the reality, our expectations always get communicated, but they usually get communicated on the back end mm. when we're already frustrated.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like, why can't you help me with these kids? Can't you see, or, yep. you, you know, like, how could you spend so much? That's ridiculous. Don't you know we need to be on a budget or, or why did you not give me ice cream? I mean, it, you know, it, the gamut, we, mm-hmm. we, from small things to big things. hmm So I would say that to prevent conflict, think through a few scenarios that constantly cause frustration and then backtrack it and say, okay, what expectation did I have there? Do I usually have? And then go, I need to communicate this Mm -hmm. because if we communicate things up front you know, just in a loving way. Hey, hey, could you get me a bowl of ice cream while you're in there getting your bowl of ice cream? I mean, the person's likely going to go, sure. Yeah. You know, you know, when I'm trying to make dinner and, you know, at the end of the day, could you help me get the kids a bath? You know, mm-hmm. your husband's probably going to go, sure. Okay, yeah, that could be workable. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. So I would yeah. say communicate our expectations up front.
0: Yeah. All right. So I'm going to have to ask this last question. Um, All right. Apologies. Once we figured out, okay, we might not have gotten this right. (laughs) How can we turn meaningful turn apologies into meaningful actions that actually contribute to our healthy relationships?
1: Yeah. Well, apologies are huge. And I think a lot of people, they do one of two things. They over-apologize or they Mm under-apologize. And when we, I just want to highlight this, that when we over-apologize, we are likely taking more responsibility for the conflict than we should. And and, and it's almost like we can't release the guilt. We can't release the shame. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want us living in that space, right? It's unhealthy unhealthy for us and it's unhealthy for our our relationships because it keeps us kind of in this victim mentality. And also remember, conflict is, is a power struggle. So it kind of keeps us not not on the same level with the other person it kind of puts us underneath the other mm. person so but then there are times when we don't apologize we we just dismiss it oh you know it's been too long you know they understand they know you know they 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 knew I was frustrated they knew I didn't mean it you know or they or we make jokes about it well what ends up happening is that When we do something wrong, the other person feels bad, right? What they want to know is that we know we made them feel bad. And an apology does that. So it takes humility. It takes self-awareness. We've talked about that quite a bit. But it is never too late to apologize and, and you can't go wrong. If you if, the, if if I would say if there is any inkling that we should apologize about something, we should do it. Because you'll never go wrong with humility. You'll never go wrong saying, Hey, I, I don't know if you even took this the wrong way, but just in case, I want you to know, I'm sorry if that came out the wrong way, or you know, something like that. It's the one of the biggest things for healing of relationships. Because it says I see you and I care about you and I would never want to intentionally hurt you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great, and I, I love the point that you made that people want to make sure you know that they felt bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a game changer. I mean, that changes my perspective on apologies for sure.
1: Yeah, <clears throat>
0: that's great. All right, well, thank you so much for this conversation. I can continue to ask you questions, but we only have a short time together. <laughs> But I do appreciate this because I think this is important. I think that this is a skill that can be learned. I often hear people that's just say, I'm not good at it as if it's a personality trait. And I do think it's something that we can be equipped with that takes a little bit of practice, but can definitely be learned. So thank you so much for sharing this with us today. And I'm excited for our listeners to get a hold of your
1: new book. Oh, thank you so much. And it is my, honestly, it's my prayer that people will read this book and they will feel equipped to know how to handle conflict in ways where they don't hang their head in shame and think, why did I handle it that way? Mm -hmm. Where they can experience more unity and love in their relationships and more peace in their own souls.
0: Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You can find Donna at DonnaJones.org. She's on Facebook as Donna Jones Speaks. She's on Instagram as Donna Jones, and she's on Twitter as Donna Jones Speaks. I'll link to all of that, plus where you can find her book in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive, and your reviews help families find us. And remember,
1: family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.